eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to another edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. David Lake joined, as always, by Gabby Urrutia. And in this podcast, Gabby, I want to do kind of a a State of the Union style of podcast where uh, after a busy month of June, busy month of, of official visits, unofficial visits, camps, uh, etc. And frankly, we're at the halfway point uh, of this 2024 recruiting cycle. Uh, it's now a dead period here in June. It goes dead, uh, I believe, today. We're recording this Tuesday afternoon, uh, the 27th until the last week of July. It opens up for one more week. Then it goes dead again for August with teams focusing on fall camp. So I wanted to provide just a snapshot of kind of where things are with Miami's recruiting class position by position, kind of where we think things might be going, where maybe Miami is stock up for some guys, where, you know, Miami might be trending a little down for some guys. Um, So, yeah, I think it'll be a valuable podcast in terms of a snapshot of where things stand here. So let's start here. Miami currently has 13 commits in this 2024 class. They own the number 28 overall class in the country. Uh, They hosted 45 official visitors during the month of June, and they are looking to make big moves here coming off this official visit season. Uh, they, They hosted six composite five-star players. I think more importantly, in addition to that, not in addition, but part of that, um, they hosted 15 top 100 uh, players during the month of June. So they do have a lot of firepower if they can close on some of those key targets that are highly rated players. 
they have plenty of firepower to make a big jump into that top 10 where they want to be. And, and who knows if, if they have a strong, strong season, potentially a top five class, but I want to go, let's just open up the discussion here before we dive into position by position. Gabby month of June is a crazy time in recruiting a crazy time for college football programs. Big picture wise, if you're just pulling things back, how do you feel like this month of June went from a Miami Hurricanes recruiting standpoint? Uh, to me, I think this month went a lot like maybe that, that a lot like they expected. Uh, you know, I, I think we said coming into the month that it's not it's not really about the June commitments. And, you know, maybe those will come, you know, maybe this tail tail end of the month. But this was all a build up into July. I mean, that's when things got rolling. Uh, last cycle so people are kind of talking about like oh where are all the commits you know three like you know it's a lot of three stars and you know we've talked about how the the foundation of the class is being built and I think they've done a good job with that to this point they've had you know some guys kind of pull the trigger I mean they got a couple blue chippers Cameron Pruitt a linebacker a top 247 tight end and Elijah Lofton so those guys are starting to roll in Um, but really I think just coming out of June, uh, I think that we, I love what you said. I mean, it's, you know, you have 45 prospects, 15 top 150 guys. I mean, they, th- this is, this is the, st- the step they need to take to kind of make those moves going into decisions in July. And, uh, you know, again, you can't get everyone, you know, you said they, they hosted 45 guys. You're not going to get everyone. You can't sign 45 guys, but it's about getting the right type of guys and getting a, a handful of, you know, the high level prospects that they're bringing in. And I do feel like Miami believes that they're in play for a lot of those guys. There's, there's no one that, uh, you know, that they're really just kind of, you know, scraping around, you know, looking around, cutting up tape, trying to find replacements. Like they're not at that point. I think they feel like they're still very much in the game for a lot of these big time dudes. And again, that that's what June's about June. I mean, that's what June's about doing all this July is about closing. And I do feel like, Miami has closed well. I mean, this staff, I mean, when in their first full cycle, they closed in July. Like even if some things didn't even feel super positive coming out of June, out of like maybe June official visits, or maybe even some recruitments that we weren't even sure if Miami was the leader coming out of those June official visits in July, they got it done. And uh, so that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, You know, just kind of, I mean, that's, that's my mentality, my approach and just my feel coming out of a, a really busy June. Money can be the root of all evil when you don't understand it. A couple of bad decisions shouldn't continue to affect us years later, and the path to recovery shouldn't be as painful as the regret. Everyone at some point needs help with their financial situation, and Pride Financial can lend that helping hand. Pride Financial offers a patient and judgment-free environment and will provide you with the knowledge and power you need to realize your dreams. Once they identify your goals, they will guide you to the finish line, holding your hand every step of the way. Repairing and building credit is only the first step. They'll educate you on a variety of banking and financial institutions, what resources they offer, and how to maximize funding for your financial needs. Gain access to a vast network of realtors and licensed dealers to receive outstanding deals on prime real estate and the newest vehicles to fit your lifestyle. They even offer education and services to assist those more involved on the business side of things. Text 305-393-7698 or email globalchoice underscore consulting at yahoo.com 
to book a free consultation with Pride Financial, and let's take pride in our finances. This episode is also brought to you by Midway Sports, your one-stop shop for all of your sporting good needs, located just two miles south of the University of Miami. This locally owned small business has everything you would need to gear up for every sport. Their stocked up men's, women's, and kids selections has you and your family covered for all of your outdoor needs. Use promo code SMOKE15 for 15% off your online order at midwaysports.com. All right, so let's get into it position by position. Let's start at quarterback. Miami obviously has a commit in Judd Anderson. They are excited internally about his growth potential, his development potential, his traits, uh, both size and athletic ability. Um, and so to me, Gabby, I think, I think quarterback, you know, having Judd committed, I think it allows Miami to turn the page and, um, start recruiting, identifying their top 2025 targets that they want to go all in on. And, um, so yeah, let's just start there. And, and we know some of the names, right? Um, Ryan Montgomery, Antoine Hill, I think even locally, Beckham Kritza is an intriguing arm to me. I think he's he has arm talent. I still think there's some, you know, rough around the edges part of his game, but just the pure arm talent with Beckham, I think is very, very intriguing. So uh, how do you view just quarterback in general? Let me ask you this. So look, we all know they went and made a run at Air Noland. Didn't work out. Air Noland uh, decided to commit to Ohio State. And so I think if you look at recruiting as a two-cycle process, Miami has gone back-to-back with Emory Williams and Judd Anderson, who I think alone are fine quarterbacks to have in your program. They're more developmental-type quarterbacks that need maybe three years or so. before, in my opinion, they're ready to start playing at a high level at the college uh, level. So to me, if I'm nitpicking what has happened at quarterback this cycle, it would be that. But I would say in a vacuum, I do like the idea of Judd Anderson for the future. I'm really encouraged. I mean, just again, the feedback I got, that's all I can do. I'm not a quarterback expert, but, um, you know, I think everyone around the program feels really good about what, what Judd Anderson is, is going to eventually bring, Uh, you know, I've seen him twice. I mean, just physically seen him, not really seen him throw, but um, you know, everyone that kind of talks about him, uh, you know, he led his team to a championship at that Georgia seven on seven. I guess that doesn't mean much, but you know, he worked out for Mike Bobo, uh, the Georgia OC, and that, you know, there was positive feedback coming out of that. Pitt watched him throw. Pitt, now Pitt kind of is coming after him. I mean, I don't think he's entertaining it, but it's, I think there's, um, I think there's, you know, there's maybe, I think as he kind of gets into all this, like Judd's going to kind of show what Miami kind of saw in him before a lot of others did. And um, so I, I like what they're doing with Judd. I, I like what they're doing with the quarterback room. Uh, quarterbacks are tough. You know, I think it's a tough developmental position. I mean, I like what they have in Emory so far. I know they're happy with what they have in Emory. I think we're going to be talking about Judd Anderson maybe the same way. You know, when Emory was coming in, it's like, is that enough? And now I think, you know, there is a feeling of, you know. He's good enough. Yeah, yeah, good enough. And I think Judd Anderson maybe could have the same. But yeah, I think 2025, 
It's about finding, you know, try to try, try, yeah, go get a stud, you know, make it a little bit easier on, on everyone, uh, including yourselves and, you know, go find a stud. You mentioned Ryan Montgomery. Uh, I think that's probably the top arm in that group. And so that's who I I think Miami is going to identify. I mean, lost Aaron Nolan to Ohio state. Hopefully you can pull Ryan Montgomery out of uh, Ohio. That would be a, a, I don't know, maybe not an even trade-off, but um, you know, I think Miami would feel good about that. Also too, Gabby, just this, this position in general, if we're, if we're talking about the next six months of talent acquisition for Miami, I think Miami needs to go get a guy in the transfer portal to compete with Jakari Brown. And that doesn't mean that I don't believe in Jakari or the program doesn't believe in Jakari. I think, well, I can speak for myself. I believe in Jakari a lot. I think he can be, I don't want to use the word special, but I, I think that potential is there. I think he can be a good college quarterback, potentially special if everything comes together for him. I think the program also believes in Jakari, but to me, Competition also brings out the best in players and the cream will rise to the top. And so I think you got to go out and try and get a transfer quarterback that can come in and compete for Jakari and whoever wins that battle. I think you got to feel good about the quarterback, assuming Tyler Van Dyke has the type of productive season this year and moves on to the NFL. Yeah, I think that that's a part of the plan. And uh, I, I think that's just the wise thing to do. We've talked about it here just from a roster construction standpoint. I think it makes sense to have four scholarship arms, um, you know, just on the roster. Uh, you, I mean, again, I don't think that there's anyone around the program who doesn't believe the same things that you believe about Jakari Brown, David. But I think that there's also that kind of competitive uh, aspect of it where let's find someone who who can really push him. Emery Williams, I don't think is going to be ready to push Tyler Van, uh, Jakari Brown in 2024 and again i think just from an overall number standpoint i think you want to add another arm so i would i expect really miami to be very active in that december window uh if and when uh top arms become available we saw what happened in the portal this offseason and there was no shortage of you know very attractive arms uh guys that you know are going to start at other places i know when the transfer portal closed i i know they sent us the stats david i don't remember them off the top of my head I think it was something like 45% of power five starters at quarterback uh, were transfers in 2022. Um, You know, so I I think that it's, you know, there's definitely arms moving around. Uh, There's always going to be new guys looking for new spots. And, you know, I absolutely believe Miami's going to be, you know, really in the thick of that uh, potential market when, when it comes around uh, after the 2023 season. At running back, we have Kevin Riley committed. He is a top 100 overall player in the country, according to the composite out of the state of Alabama, Tuscaloosa County. So in Alabama's backyard there, uh, he's a big time player that Miami is very, very, very excited about. You also have Chris Wheatley Humphrey committed local player at South Broward. He committed, I believe in May, if I have that correct. Um, so to me, Gabby, when I look at this position group, uh, I think at running back, you need to land at least one dude a cycle. And I think you got that accomplished with the Kevin Riley commitment. Um, You know, I'll admit, and again, this doesn't mean that he's going to be a bad player. Of course, I could definitely be wrong here, but I'm not the biggest Chris Humphrey fan. Uh, I just, I don't see it in terms of, you know, can he be even a rotational player? 
at a school like Miami. Um, but I think that doesn't really matter when you have a stud in the fold like Kevin Riley. And I think, you know, this early Mario Cristobal era, they've done a nice job of stacking a complete stud at running back per cycle. So the transition class had Trevante Citizen. Unfortunately, he sustained a serious knee injury during fall camp, so he didn't get to see him. This recent cycle, uh, Mark Fletcher was the big-time addition at running back for Miami. He, there are a lot of people are excited about him inside the program, and then Kevin Riley. So uh, I just think, and again, I don't even when I when I evaluate recruiting classes, I'm more I'm much more interested in like what do your top 100 you know signees look like? What do your top 150 signees look like? Rather than the bottom half of your class, and I just think especially now, like in the transfer portal era, to me, I wouldn't necessarily reach for Chris Wheatley Humphrey types. Uh, you know, just this, you know, just recently, uh, they went out and got AJ Allen in the portal from Nebraska. And I know internally, they feel like he's going to be really, really good. So that's just my rant, my take in general, not just on Chris Wheatley Humphrey or running backs in general. I would say this at every position. I think in this transfer portal era, you don't have to reach for high school players in general. Um, so that's me ranting a lot. I don't know your thoughts on running back, Gabby. Yeah, not pushing, not you know, I'm not pushing back on on a lot of that. But I mean, I I, I, I do feel really good about just the overall state of the running back room. And, yes, and they've improved it. I mean, you mentioned Trevante Citizen, and you mentioned even the injury, and then the way they supplemented that injury. With another, I mean, just again, going back to the high school rankings, a, a forced, another blue chip running back out of the state of Louisiana in A.J. Allen. So you have really, I mean, once Trevante Citizen gets healthy, I mean, you basically got two blue chip running backs in that same, what is it, 2022 recruiting cycle. And then you got Mark Fletcher in the 2023 class, Kevin Riley in the 2024 class. And then you, I mean, I think you know, Chris, I think Christopher Johnson much more than Chris Wheatley Humphrey. I, yes. I think there's a lot that could potentially be there, like where Chris jo Christopher Johnson, maybe he's not a complete running back right now, but he has a single trait. And we've talked about this before that you bet on 10 times out of 10, and that's just elite, elite, elite speed. So love that. Um, and really just overall, like the construction of the running back room, uh, to me, it's night and day, uh, you know, compared to uh, re even where, where it was maybe even two years ago, maybe even compared to last year. Uh, you mentioned Mark Fletcher and, and A.J. Allen. I think there's absolutely super high expectations for both those guys. And that's even considering Henry Parrish is the starter coming back, Don Chaney. Like this is going to be a highly competitive room. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, some of these, you know, newcomers are are some of the guys that, you know, by the end of the season are the names that we're, that we're talking about most, you know, kind of toting the back, you know, assuming they all stay healthy. Right. And, and so we said the same about quarterback uh, with that position group, pretty much checked off here for 2024. I would say the same about running back. And that allows you to now start turning the page to 2025s while also understanding when you have a commit in Alabama's backyard, you're going to have to keep fighting for them the whole cycle. And so you got to be up for that fight here over the next six months to keep Kevin Riley. All right. Wide receiver, which is, you know, definitely, I think a position group that deserves a lot of attention. I think if Miami's offense in the future is going to 
be what we hope it's going to be, they need to land a wide receiver one. And uh, currently, they have Chance Robinson committed, top 150 overall player in the country out of St. Thomas Aquinas. I'm a big fan. I think he's kind of a very good wide receiver too. And I, I don't say that to downgrade his ability. I think he's going to be very productive. I'm just not convinced he's a clear-cut, total stud, wide receiver one uh, that you would see at like in Alabama and Ohio State, Clemson, when they had those type of guys. Um, it seems like Miami's trending for Ja'Cory Barney, uh, the wide receiver out of Palmetto. That's kind of a camp evaluation, recent offer, recent turn the heat up target for Miami. And so to me now, Gabby, it's it's about is Miami getting traction with any of these quote unquote wide receiver ones? And so who is that? To me, that's Jeremiah Smith, Ohio State commit. You know, probably bleak outlook there if we're being honest, but Miami's going to keep chipping away because you never know. Uh Jojo Trader, I think is probably the most realistic option. Uh, he is, of course, Jeremiah Trader's teammate at Shaman Madonna. Uh, Prep, very talented guy. Um, I don't know if he's like plug and play immediately, thousand yard type of receiver as a true freshman like Jeremiah Smith is, but I think in time, JoJo Trader is going to be an elite wide receiver one at the college level. Uh, and then, of course, in the month of June, Miami played host to Braylon Staley. He's like a fringe top 150 recruit in the country. He's out of South Carolina. And then Draylon Miller out of the state of Texas. Um, so, Gabby, let's just keep it with those those guys for now, because I know there's other wide receivers that Miami's kind of also looking at as well. Um, did Miami get any traction with any of these highly rated potential wide receiver ones in your opinion. Yeah. I think maybe if there's one name that I think Miami maybe helped themselves with this summer, uh, I would probably of the group, I would probably go Jojo trader. Uh, he did camp on uh, that Thursday at the legends camp. Uh, he was around at some point during this official visit weekend in an unofficial visit uh, capacity, you know, like he wasn't a part of the official visit weekend, but he was around um, which is good. Uh, I know he was hanging out with Chance Robinson. You know, I think Ryan Mack, Miami's recent commit, was there too. Those two are very close. Um, you know, so I, I think that that's one situation that, you know, Miami is still working really hard at. I think this was, I think Thursday was the first time that Miami got some, like, some people at Miami. Like, you know, good, you know, people that can't get out on the road and see a lot of guys. That's a lot of the, for a lot of people it was their first real exposure to Josiah Trader, like in person. And I think he saw what basically, I think they saw what everyone else kind of saw in him. And, you know, that makes him kind of, you know, such a touted and uh, coveted recruit. So I think Jojo Trader is another one that they're just kind of zeroing in on. Jeremiah Smith, like you said, and I said it on the podcast on Monday, like this is just kind of long-term chip away, see what happens at the end. Um, I, I think those two may be more than the other Draylon, Braylon Staley. I don't think that that's trending Miami's way. Draylon Miller, I never really thought that was trending Miami's way. So, um, I'm not really, you know, kind of focused on those two guys right now. If there's a wild card here to keep an eye on in terms of wide receiver one guys, 
would it be Ryan Wingo? I think so all the way. Uh, you know, I he took that two day unofficial visit. Uh, I think it was after spring football already. Maybe it was like early. Maybe it was like May. mid to late May. I think yeah, it was, it was like May. Sometime in May, and Miami knocked it out of the park. I mean, Mario Cristobal was super super involved in that one. Um, from what I understand, Ryan Wingo has a December official visit locked in with Miami. It's not the last weekend before early signing the early signing period. Uh, it's the weekend before that. So I, I think just the overall expectation is that Wingo is going to go through the entirety of this process. I think they want to get him down for a home game again, unofficially, uh, you know, just to kind of get him back around the program, not wait all the way until December. But I do get the sense that if there's a if there is a wide receiver one not named Josiah Trader that is kind of most in play for Miami, I would probably go to Ryan Wingo. And that's considering that Texas and Georgia and, uh, you know, a bunch of these schools, Tennessee. I mean, this is a this is obviously a a big time recruiting battle. But Miami feels like they're they're a part of this group, like they're in this group. And, uh, you know, I I do think that they're playing the long game here and and, you know, you know, betting that he kind of goes a distance because, again, he is setting December official visits like this is locked in from what I understand. So hopefully we get to that. We're we're getting to December and Ryan Wingo's still on the board when it's time to take that or follow through with that official visit. From an offensive recruiting class standpoint, I know for me, it would be a big, big, big disappointment if Miami is not able to land that outside wide receiver one type of guy. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I think we've talked about a lot of different position groups, you know, just in this 2024 cycle. Defensive line mostly is the one that we've kind of like hyper-focused on. Right. And I'm definitely guilty of that. But wide receiver one, I mean, that's that's I, I feel like that's just as important. Uh, you know, you need to get one guy who you believe could be your outside dude that, you know, that could be the go-to guy. Um, and, you know, the, I, I think they have to get it done. If there's no clear-cut wide receiver one, and I'm kind of on board with you too about Chance. Like, I'm not sure. Like, if Chance is the best receiver in the class, I think that would be really good. But I don't good. think that would be – I mean, that would be like a that would be like a double in the gap, right? Like, you know, like stand-up yeah. double. But I think a Ryan Wingo, a Josiah Trader, JoJo Trader is a no-doubter, right? Like, just yeah. kind of, you know, pimped it out of the box type of home run. And like, those guys – those guys accentuate what a Chance Robinson can right. do. They elevate, they elevate what Chance Robinson yeah. could be. And I think that's what's most exciting about the idea of getting a guy like that. Cause I think, I think pairing Chance Robinson with a guy like that makes Chance Robinson's makes Chance Robinson better. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think wide receiver one has to be, you know, near the top of the wish list uh, when they're kind of going through this 2024 class. Unless, you know, Unless they land, let's say they do land one of those wide receiver ones. Like let's, unless it's like Jeremiah Smith, right? So exclude him. But even if they land like a JoJo Trader or a Ryan Wingo, in my opinion, Gabby, and this is assuming that Colby Young is productive enough to go pro. So let's just assume the best that Miami's offense clicks. Colby Young and Tyler Van Dyke have big years. They're able to go, uh, get picked in the NFL draft somewhere. Unless unless this player is Jeremiah Smith, who again, I think as a true freshman, he can be close to a thousand yard receiver. Um, I still think Miami needs to go out and land an outside receiver at the transfer portal. 
would you push back on that? No, I, I think this is what it's for. I mean, if it's not exact, if, if something doesn't look exactly the way that you want it to look, I think that's, I mean, that's what the transfer portal is. I think that's the, I think that's just the great thing about it is that you can go find a guy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I, I think that until this room, I think, I think until any room is like built up, built up enough in a way that you can win a championship, like, I think you have to supplement via the transfer portal. You have to rely on, I don't think you want to be a program that relies on it, but I think right. whenever you can go get a guy that's going to help your team kind of elevate, I think you have to always go do that. I think, uh, you know, I think as we kind of go and you, as you stack talent in the recruiting rankings, I think Miami will become less reliant on it. But until we get there, which I think is still a few cycles away, like I think you have to go get the best available or, you know, approach the best available when they're when they're in that transfer portal. So, yeah, I mean, if a great, a really good wide receiver comes up, I would expect Miami to, to try to go that route. Tight end. Um, Elijah Lofton, as you said earlier, committed from Bishop Gorman High School in Las Vegas, Nevada. He is a four-star player, kind of an H-back, inline type tight end with some athleticism that has to be respected in the passing game as well. But Miami does want to pair him with a flex tight end, someone that can make plays in the passing game. Who will that be? Is it going to be Caleb Odom, who is uh, looking like a Miami-Alabama battle? uh, Or could it be someone else? I think in general, Gabby, for me at tight end, I'm not overly worried about what Miami is going to be able to get done at this position. I'm curious what you think. Yeah, I think the future of this room is already very bright. And I think that they already really like what they kind of have on the roster now and in the future. Um, I think they're really, really pumped about getting Elijah Lofton and what that could kind of, again, just kind of what's what how he adds to compliments the room. And yeah, you want to pair him with someone big time. And Caleb Odom has been the top target there for, for those guys. He's a, I mean, six foot five, I mean, just total flex tight end, the guy that could be an absolute beast. I mean, watched him running routes. I mean, moves like a wide receiver. People are recruiting him as a wide receiver. Miami's selling him on the his ability to catch passes here, telling him, hey, Will Mallory led our team in receiving yards as a tight end. Like, you can make plays here, and you're probably more talented than Will Mallory was at the same stage of their career. So Caleb Odom definitely – uh, a name at the very, very top of that wish list. And if it doesn't work out with Caleb Odom, if he picks Alabama, it's fair to say Miami has contingency plans in place for next man up in terms of targets, right? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, I don't know much I could talk about this, but I mean, whatever. Right. Um, you know, they worked out Devon Mitchell, 2025 tight end on Sunday. I mean, he's someone that they're recruiting really, really hard. He's going to make a commitment here soon. I think they would be very, very excited to land a prospect yeah. like that over, you know, Oklahoma, Alabama. So uh, that's a situation that I would very closely watch. Um, yep. I, I think another name is Tavion Galloway, the former LSU commit. Uh, I think he would still, my, I think Miami would have to get basically no's from both Odom and, um, and Devon Mitchell before they went that way. But I think that's uh, a potential direction that they could go as well. I think outside of that, um, you know, I, I think it would get a little dicey if, if it gets to that point, but I think Miami's hoping that they can get one of Caleb Odom or Devon Mitchell here in, in July. All right. 
offensive line. Last year, Miami signed arguably the best offensive line class in the country, uh, but it's a new cycle and you have to stack talent. I think nationally, a lot of people agree, Gabby, that this year's offensive line class is not nearly as talented as last year's. Like around the country, we're talking about all the offensive linemen in the country. Uh, and so Miami's dealing with that to, in some respect, but they do have Juan Manaya uh, committed. He is a massive kind of ball of clay offensive lineman that's like a three to four year developmental guy. Uh, but he has a big frame to work with and uh, lots of functional power in his game. Um, and so now I think to me, Gabby, I look at Miami's offensive line recruiting. And my biggest question is, who is going to be the center, the future starting center for Miami's offensive line? Um, I'm curious, do we have an answer to that yet in terms of like who because they've they've had plenty of guys official visit. They've had some guys commit that they were interested in to other places. Um, I'm curious if a clear center offensive line target has emerged at this point in the cycle. Yeah, I mean, I think definitely a, a couple. Uh, Zuri Madison is one who just took an official visit. I think he's trending to Arkansas, so might fall into that group of guys that are going to pick other schools or likely to pick other schools. Another one, um, another one, another interior lineman they evaluated and offered uh, really in the month of June is uh, Moritz Skolmaranzer. I, I, there's no shot I pronounced that right. Um, <clears throat> German-born uh, interior offensive lineman. The tape is a lot of fun. Uh, you know, he can definitely move, uh, has that sort of athleticism. I checked in over the weekend. Hey, do you think this kid can play center? Uh, they said, I mean, yeah. I mean, they, they believe that he could potentially be a center and they always talk about cross training and things like that. But I think he is a, he, he is an interior lineman could be a guard. Um, and again, if they believe he can be center, I think more it's a uh, score months. I can't say the last name for the life of me. Um, I think he's, is a potential uh, center of the future. And uh, if not, you know, you can go back to the transfer portal, man. It just, just worked out for them this time. So let's see. But uh, I think uh, that's probably my best bet at this point of the cycle to be, a potential center or someone that has the ability to play center uh, for Miami, if they're able to land his commitment, which I'm feeling pretty good about, you know, going into that right now. Okay. And um, if we're talking, I think Miami hosted two offensive linemen from the state of Florida, Ty Hilton and Derek Plaz. Um, do you feel like Miami's in the mix for either one of those guys or are they trending better for one compared to the other? How would you describe where things stand? with those guys. Yeah, I would probably say that they're trending maybe more with Derek Plaz more so than Ty Hilton. Um Plaz is, you know, decommitted from Penn State after that first official visit weekend, quickly backed off of it. Was in Miami 24 hours later for an official visit. Um got up to NC State this past weekend. Those are essentially his top two schools. Um and I I think a lot of people kind of felt like it was originally a Miami NC State battle and now it is once again. Um, I do know that Miami's really sweating the Wolf Pack. You know, they think that they're a very, very real uh, contender uh, for Plaz. And, uh, you know, I definitely agree. So curious how this kind of plays out. But, uh, you know, I would say out of those two Florida tackles, uh, I think Miami has a better shot at Plaz than Hilton. And then we said in our most recent podcast coming off the official visit, Asendre Afua, 
Utah seems to be maybe the team to beat. And is Miami's goal there just kind of try to keep this recruitment going as long as possible, keep chipping away? Yeah, you know, I, I think that Miami's had the longest relationship, uh, you know, like the Miami staff, you know, Alex Mirabal, Mario Kristoff had the longest relationship uh, with Afua, you know, compared to really any other program. So, uh, you know, there again, I think the Utah stuff, there's a lot to be excited about, about the Utes, you know, if you're Afua. But uh, I, I do think that Miami has, uh, you know, has the ability to to top to top those guys and and to potentially land a Fua. I, I, you know, I know the family was blown away by the visit. Um, you know, I think Utah's just maybe a little bit closer. Uh, so if, if that is much of a factor, uh, which it could be, uh, you know, I would probably like Utah. But, uh, you know, I do think Miami's very, very much in this, you know, as, as we kind of close out this, uh, the month of June. Then two the elite targets that that Miami does like um they did not visit Miami during this month of June uh but I'm curious if you if you feel like Miami can maybe get them down on a visit sometime this fall we got Brandon Baker out of the state of California and Daniel Calhoun out of the state of Georgia both those guys took some official visits here during the month of June again Miami did not host them on any visits but do you feel like Miami has any shot there is there any traction there in terms of like okay they're they're kind of kicking the can down the road so to speak with those two guys and if they have a good season maybe they can pounce I think that's more so the feeling with Brandon Baker uh Miami got him he was on campus that first day of spring practice and you know really loved Miami I checked in I, I think maybe it was just maybe it was in the middle of June um you know just with people around Baker who know him well and you know, I think he was, he had just dropped the top 10 or something like that. And, you know, I do think Miami is one of those schools that he is excited about, but again, I mean, just talking to people, you know, I don't think Miami was in any rush to get Brandon Baker on campus this summer. I think that they feel like really the only way they're going to have a chance to get Brandon Baker is if they perform well in 2023. And so I think that they're going to kind of go through this beginning portion of the schedule, maybe set up a fall official visit, um, and hope that way, hope that they're winning to the point where Miami becomes much more attractive. Not that he's not interested or attracted to Miami, but I, you know, there's, a, I mean, he, the kid can go to Ohio state. He can go to Texas. He can go to a lot of big time programs. And uh, you know, if you're Miami, you want to get a kid like that. I think they feel like they're going to have to win, uh, especially considering, you know, he plays at matter day. I mean, he can go to again, Oregon's in there, the people, you know, winning big time programs. So, I think that's Miami's just big picture plan with Brandon Baker is to hopefully turn it around on the field. And I think you have a better, more attractive product to sell him. And uh, once you kind of get to that point, they feel like they, if they get to that point, they feel like, you know, they'll have a real, real shot to get him. You mentioned a little bit, but like, if I look at transfer portal and this offensive line, uh, uh, you know, projecting it out a little bit, I still think Miami needs to like assuming Matt Lee has a has a great year, moves on, et cetera. I think Miami's gonna have to probably hit the portal for a center again. Uh you you do have Jonathan Dennis, who's kind of been he's battled injury issues his his college career. Ryan Rodriguez, same could be said of him. And then uh recent transfer edition Lou Cristobal. I'm just not sure if if any of them are the answer, right? If you compare like like Matt Lee is what it's supposed to look like, right? And those guys just don't look like that. 
if we're being honest. Um, do you think that's unfair to say? I don't. And I think once they get Matt Lee in the pro, I think now that they've had Matt Lee, uh, I think there's now just a standard of center play. And, um, you know, I, I think that's why they were so excited about Connor Lou last cycle uh, yeah. about getting him, because I think they really did believe he was the center of the future for them. Um, but I do also think that maybe opened the door for them to go out and get a guy like Matt Lee. And so, I mean, I think that it's, and I think I, I again, I think Matt Lee is going to find the success that, you know, he's coming here hoping to have. And again, I think that just opens the door to Miami finding someone else, another talented center coming in and saying, Hey, Matt Lee had a great season at Miami. He went on to get drafted like that could totally be me. And um, there was, there was there were pretty good centers available in the transfer portal. Just this whole, I know Michigan got one. I even like the kid, like you, the kid like UCF got, I thought was good. Um, Wisconsin, I think got a kid from Cincinnati that came with fickle. That was good. Uh, you know, I, there, there, there were some like promising center got like center transfers. Uh, this cycle so I, I think maybe even next time around I, I'm sure there will be too all right wrapping up the offensive side like big picture wise Gabby what is like uh what's a storyline on offensive recruiting talent acquisition that kind of has your attention most over the next six months yeah over the next six months I mean I think wide receivers is is really the spot that um, yeah. You know, just want to see how it shakes out. Cause I, I do think this is one of those positions where we're not going to really totally know or understand what it looks like until I feel like the very end. Like, I feel like we're going to be at the finish line and be like, and we're going to be like, can Miami finish, like close this out? Can, can they get their guy? Um, so I, I think wide receivers may be the one uh, I, I think going into, you know, coming out of the summer where it's just like, how is this going to all shake out? I also think it's pretty interesting. And and with the context of we both know that, you know, that this 2024 offensive line class is not close to what it was in 2023. And there's definitely people who have those beliefs and feelings. Um, but I just find it pretty fascinating to just the, how the offensive line kind of shakes out because, uh, yeah, you know, you just signed two of the best tackle prospects in the country. And now we're, we're sitting here kind of, not scratching our heads, but just like, man, uh, it, like which one's going to fall Miami's way. Um, right. So th I think that's another very just like, I'm, I'm not going to say perplexing, but just like why, like this is kind of weird. And two, just like, how does this kind of like look in December? Yeah. I mean, to your tackle point, it might just be the effect of landing two five-star offensive tackles the yeah. year before, right? It might be hard to recruit the next cycle after that uh, or harder to recruit. Uh, but also, like you said, it's, it's not a great offensive line class in general. And yeah, I agree. I mean, look, I think if we're going position by position on offense, it's kind of set up for that side of the ball, that staff to be hyper-focused on wide receiver, you know, quarterbacks pretty much filled out wide receiver running backs filled out. Tight end, I think, is going to be fine. An offensive line, I think, centers the focus there. And if Moritz is is your answer to that uh, question mark, then, you know, I think offensive line is uh, by and large done. Of course, you chip away at those elite guys and see where it goes. But on that side of the ball, I do think wide receiver is clearly the one that should have our attention most. Um, and look, I think I'll say this, too in terms of like having to make a late push with these wide receivers. 
I think in some respects, that position may be more than any other position on the team right now. I think they need to show proof of concept. Uh, they've gone out and changed the offense to be more attractive to elite wide receivers. And uh, you can't really show what this offense is going to look like until you're playing actual games. And so uh, if Miami goes out and has a productive fall with Tyler Van Dyke passing it a lot to Colby Young, Tyler Harrell, uh, Xavier Restrepo, et cetera, et cetera, I think it's going to go a long way towards them being able to um, make a strong case to an elite wide receiver one recruit. Hey, this is what it can look like. Imagine if you're the top target in this offense, it'll take off even more. So uh, let's take a break here. And on the other side, we will get into the defensive positions. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. All right, Gabby, defense. Defense is interesting to me. Uh, from a Miami perspective, because we talk about how, like, by and large, you can see how Miami's offensive class is going to be, I don't know, 75% done by the start of fall camp and and maybe even before that, right? It might be there now. Um, but if we're talking defense, to me, there's just a lot of, and I don't think this is a bad thing because you're, you're chasing big dogs, but, uh, you just got to close on a lot of guys um, and they're in the mix for a lot of these elite talents. Uh, but I do think, you know, they, they, they're in a position where, okay, you got to land on these elite guys um, or else it's, it's not going to be to your standard. So it'll be interesting to follow that way, but let's start with defensive end. So at defensive end, Miami doesn't have any commitments, I believe at this stage, um, but they are in the mix for a ton of big time talent. So just the guys that visited during this month of June, five-star Dylan Stewart out of the Washington DC area, five-star Colin Simmons out of the state of Texas, the top 100 defensive end Marquise Lightfoot 
out of the Chicago area, Elias Rudolph out of Deerfield Beach, and Wyatt Gilmore, who is a three-star out of, I believe, Minnesota. Um, what what are the vibes you are getting on just where things are standing with, with their defensive end recruiting? Yeah, uh, you know, I think the prize has always been Dylan Stewart. Uh, David, you know, we, you know, we, we saw him during that first spring practice when they owned, I don't know if it was the first spring practice, but one early spring practice when they were kind of sneaking him around, uh, he's been one of their very, their top, top targets, uh, you know, really just over the course of this cycle. And, uh, you know, he visited his, fi- his final official visit was to South Carolina uh, this past weekend. Uh, I'm kind of starting to get the feel that it's a Miami versus a Miami South Carolina recruiting battle. And look, yeah. I, I I think there are people who feel good that, you know, Miami can come out on top of this. Like, I mean, the Gamecocks got a lot going for them. Again, they had a promising, uh, you know, they had a promising uh, 2022 season where they beat Clemson. Um, you know, they, 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 they closed out, uh, you know, in a really strong way and, you know, they got Nicholas Harbor. Uh, they, they're doing a good job recruiting, uh, you know, really just especially some of those local in-state guys. Um, but I mean, I, this has been the guy that Miami's always wanted. And I do feel like Miami's still super involved in this one. And he dropped the top five and look, I mean, I really do think it's, it's, it's Miami or, you know, South Carolina's in there. So, um, I, I could see this certainly falling Miami's way just because of the, the want, uh, the need and, um, everything in between that, uh, would lead to Dylan Stewart, uh, potentially choosing Miami. So, feel good about that one. And I think as long as they get a guy like that, um, you know, it's, it's sort of mission accomplished. The vibes I get from people inside the program um, is they feel like, like of these big time defensive linemen, they feel like they, they maybe have the most traction with Dylan Stewart. Now that doesn't mean they're going to land him. Cause again, I, I agree. I think South Carolina kind of is now the team to watch and not Georgia. Um, but I just get a lot of kind of confidence in the ability to to close out on Dylan Stewart. So again, that's not a prediction. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But it it, it his recruitment in some ways kind of reminds me of like the Francis Maui Noah recruitment last year. Of like, okay, I think. They think they got him. I'm a little skeptical. David Lake's a little skeptical that you can get him, but they chip away, chip away, chip away. Visit goes well. And there's still a lot of momentum, even though the visit was June 9th, which I think is encouraging, right? But I will say, I I do think South Carolina is definitely emerging as a team to be aware of. How about like, where are things with Colin Simmons now that we've had some time from that visit too? Cause I know it was stock up immediately after, but yep. I think he's, he's been getting maybe some Texas crystal balls recently after maybe visiting there. Yep. Um, what, what's the feeling there? Yeah. I mean, I think Texas is, is uh, I think they were always going to be kind of tough to beat Texas and LSU were the two schools that I feel like he always publicly kind of talked about as uh, you know, the schools that were kind of in that neck, that, that first tier for him. And I think Miami felt like they kind of like maybe pushed themselves into that tier uh, where they were now going to have an, actually have a seat at the table and, you know, have a chance to compete with Texas and LSU, but, you know, took this last official visit to Texas, um, you know, the Longhorn crystal balls are rolling in and, 
you know, nothing I've heard, you know, really over the weekend when kind of just discussing, you know, guys that, you know, they really just feel good about coming out of the summer. Uh, Colin Simmons' name is not one that came up. So um, I think that's pretty yeah. telling. And uh, so that's where I'm kind of at. I, I could definitely see this Texas stuff being, uh, you know, legitimate. Is Miami making it interesting with Lightfoot? I, I say definitely, uh, definitely. Uh, we saw some Ohio State crystal balls rolling after his visit. Maybe it was ahead of his visit. I'm not sure. But, you know, kind of same general feeling as, as Dylan Stewart. Like, they feel like they're absolutely in that one. Um, you know, I, I, Miami absolutely loves Marquise Lightfoot. Uh, they think that, you know, he has an incredibly bright future. And, uh, you know, I, I think this official visit weekend, this final one, really, really helped these guys. Um, you know, push themselves into, you know, that, that, that top, top level. Um, Ohio State's in there, USC's in there. He mentioned Illinois as another school he's seriously considering. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if Miami's the pick, uh, you know, if he, if he does decide something here in July, uh, there, there's no, I mean, there's plenty of people who feel really good about the way that recruiting's kind of shaken out. Then Wyatt Gilmore, I think, Correct me if I'm wrong. Trending to Oklahoma is the sense. Yep. Yeah. And then, and then Elias Rudolph to Michigan. Okay. Uh, I'm curious, just like wild card type of guys, mm -hmm. maybe in the fall. Elijah Rushing, five star defensive end out of the state of Arizona. He visited Miami at some point in the spring. Yeah. Didn't take an official in June. Is there, is there any chance there, or is that one closed? Do you feel? Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I'm I don't, I'm not sure what the play is from Miami's angle, but they brought in all these big defensive ends. I was I kind of kept waiting to hear, like organically hear Elijah Rushing's name just to see if he came up, like what the kind of deal was. Like, oh, hey, maybe like, you know, kind of how I said about Ryan Wingo, like, hey, like, you know, we're still in this one. We're doing December official visit, like that type of stuff. Just haven't really heard much on the Elijah Rushing front. Um, I know he went to, I think he went just went to Tennessee. I know he's been to Arizona, UCLA. I think he took like six summer official visits. Uh, Oregon, I think, in order, uh, yeah, I think I said Notre Dame already. So um, Miami isn't a school that I've really heard much uh, with, Eli with Elijah Rudolph, uh, uh, Elijah Rushing, but uh, who knows? Maybe, maybe it's something like where Miami is kind of playing that long game, and maybe sometime in the fall we get him back on campus. Um, just kind of depends on his timeline and where he's at with everything. But I would lean towards Miami probably not getting, you know, just being super involved in that one right now. And then another guy um, that's maybe a wild card fall recruitment type of guy. It's been quiet from a Miami standpoint with him, mm -hmm. but he he is a Miami legacy. Booker Pickett, uh, he's out of Tampa Wharton, 6'3", 205, edge rusher, twitchy guy on tape. Yeah. Um, he has not taken any official visits here in the summer, but he is getting around on some unofficial visits. Do you have any sense for for you know Miami's approach there? Yeah, another one that a little bit foggy on just because uh, I, I haven't heard him really associated with Miami since that elite prospect day in January. Um, you know, Miami's focused on I, I think that they've shown us who they've zeroed in on on the defensive line. Uh, you know, I think a lot of these guys that they've kind of brought in, made it a priority to bring in um, are kind of the, the group that they're kind of hunting for. And I think just the lack of information on a guy like Booker Pickett is to me personally is telling because um, I, I think that they made it a point that this summer was going to be like, you know, official visit season, get these guys around. But to the other point, Booker Pickett just hasn't taken any summer official visits. So 
Um, could be a fall deal. Uh, let's see if his name kind of, you know, resurfaces here over the next couple months. Do you have a sense on like Dylan Stewart, if he could commit at some point this summer? That's the feeling. The feeling is that Dylan Stewart's close, you know, like this is, this thing's coming sooner rather than later. I, I mean, I haven't heard a date or anything concrete, but I think, you know, when you see a lot, I, I mean, when you see a lot of these guys take a lot of these summer officials, I think it's, I think it's kind of like telling most of the time towards, uh, you know, a, a summertime commitment. Um, I do think that the overall general feeling is that Dylan Stewart's going to decide something in July. So um, let's just, I mean, I'm sure he'll announce it or something like that, but uh, yeah, I, I think some, I think a decision is going to get made, you know, here soon. He's clearly the the guy to monitor from a Miami perspective. And, you know, similar to what I was saying earlier about running back, I think at defensive end, you have to get at least one elite player there per cycle. In in Mario Cristobal's transition year, they got Nigel Lee Kelly. Expectations are very high for what he can do this year. Uh, of course, Ruben Bain, last cycle, he came in and was – very, very productive here during the month of spring football. Everyone in the program is excited about his future as well. You stack Dylan Stewart on top of those type of guys, and you're doing a good job at defensive event. You start with, with guys that have the traits to be developed, um, kind of like how Jaden Wayne is uh, for, for last cycle. Attention business owners. I'm going to say three words you've probably heard of by now. Employee retention credit. If you're a business owner with W-2 employees and you haven't explored this program, you need to schedule a call with our friends at Foreman Law Offices, ASAP. The employee retention credit can put thousands of dollars back into the hands of business owners. However, the rules are complex and have changed many times since the inception of the program. You need to have a qualified law firm with experience in the ERC. Evaluate this for your business. You won't owe them a dime until you get paid. All you have to do is go to erclawyers.com and fill out the short questionnaire to schedule a call with their team. Two minutes may be worth thousands of dollars for your business. Get it done today. erclawyers.com. Tell them TTS sent you for Through the Smoke. Are you a business owner or manager in need of seasonal or temporary staff? Let the folks at LT Pro Enterprises assist. The folks at LT Pro Enterprises can help you find laborers for your business in the state of Florida with an expanding footprint to other states as well. Reach out to Lionel Torres at torreslionel1, the number one, at gmail.com. LT Pro Enterprises, your source for all of your staffing and labor needs. The Star Horton Group is a real estate company that covers all of Miami-Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. Born and raised in Miami, Star is committed to growing his clients' wealth and securing their futures. One of the top realtors in the state, Star knows the ins and outs of the market to make sure his clients get the best possible value when they sell or buy. If you're looking to buy or sell or know someone who is, call or text Star directly at 561 561- Five seven three four six six one, and here's the beauty: when you refer someone to Star, he will donate two hundred and fifty dollars to the Miami Hurricanes Athletic Fund in your name upon the closing of the deal. So, to have a great real estate experience and help our Canes, 
Call or text star today at 561-573-4661. Defensive tackle. So Miami threw a lot of numbers at this position group in terms of May official visitors, uh, or sorry, June official visitors. Um, They do have Dalen Russell committed, local guy at a Columbus high school, uh, but they also hosted five-star David Stone at an IMG Academy, five-star Justin Scott out of the Chicago area, Aiden Breland, who at 24-7 Sports we have as a five-star. He's from Matter Day. Cam Franklin, uh, top 50 composite player, worked out at Legends Camp. Uh, LJ McRae and Artavius Jones are in-state players that Miami's also very high on. Then you got guys like Kendall Jackson, Jaden Jackson, TJ Lindsey. So throwing a lot of numbers at this defensive tackle position group because it is a key position of need. And quite frankly, this is the posi- this is one of the key position groups that separates the big-time programs from the good programs. Um, and so let's just – I'll let you take this however you want to answer it, Gabby. Yeah. Now that the month of June official visits have wrapped up, who are the guys that you feel like Miami feels best about at this position group? Yeah, uh, to me, it starts with Justin Scott, the five-star to Chicago. Uh, I mean, there's been a lot of confidence on Miami's end, you know, just kind of, you know, from from the spring till right now. Like, there's still still a lot of people who feel like Miami's going to get Justin Scott. So, I mean, I think Miami's in a great spot for Justin Scott. I know there's been other stuff you know, going on out there, just from my personal perspective, again, I, I, I don't think Miami is panic hitting the panic button there at all. I think they feel great about who, what Justin who do you think is. Who do you think is the biggest threat? Yeah, I, I think coming out of the summer, it's, I mean, it sounds like it's Notre Dame. I mean, you know, that's kind of like the word, um, but uh, Notre Dame, I don't even think got an official visit, uh, but again, there seems to be, you know, plenty of confidence coming out of South Bend as well. We'll see where this thing kind of falls, but, um, you know, just from my personal experience, I mean, I feel like Miami's done a good job just kind of reading these situations and, you know, kind of telling them like it is. Uh, I think they say no when it's no. And I think they say, you know, yeah, when it's yeah. And, you know, to just my, just really just from my end, uh, it does feel like Justin Scott is, is, is someone that the Hurricanes certainly feel really, really good about. So, um, Guess we'll see where that how that one kind of shakes out, but I mean, I still think Miami's in the best spot of anyone. Um, Cam Franklin, I think, is a super intriguing one. Just kind of going through list. I mean, he worked out, uh, you know, for Jason Taylor before that Legends camp, like you said, David. And uh, you know, it's kind of like it seems like it's a little Miami Tennessee battle. Um, you know, it, I, I think I could definitely see Miami coming out um, kind of on top of this. I like that you listed him with the defensive tackles because I think that's kind of like what he probably is. So I think Cam Franklin's another one. Uh, I, I I mean, I got really, I mean, I know I said this on Monday, really good feedback on Artavius Jones. And, uh, you know, I, I do think he's someone that could definitely end up in the class. Maybe the most interesting bit of feedback I probably got in, you know, just over the weekend that I don't even think I've shared or written or anything like that. Um, you know, I feel like I've kind of gone back to like, yeah, it's probably Oklahoma for David Stone, all those types of things. But I mean, pe- I mean, people at Miami, do not seem to feel that way right now. Like there was just like, kind of just like a, like maybe like, you know, that he can end up at Oklahoma. They're not saying he's not going to like, he, he's not going to 
you know, he, that Oklahoma's off the table or something like that. Like, or the, like they couldn't envision a situation where he does end up at Oklahoma. They just feel like he's still undecided, which I think is kind of a key here because uh, I think there was a growing sense that, you know, just that David Stone maybe is just kind of just going to Oklahoma, uh, you know, potentially all that stuff. But I don't think Miami feels like this recruitment is over yet uh, at all. Uh, so I, I think they feel like they're still in the David Stone sweepstakes. And I think that's big because I think maybe it's probably my, I mean, it's probably my fault too. And uh, really it's just kind of the feeling I got was just that, you know, coming out of the summer, or just even out of that visit weekend, Miami probably wasn't in the spot that maybe we thought they were in coming in. But again, I, I do feel like, uh, you know, they still feel like they're still in that one. Uh, Aiden Breeland, uh, tough to get a read on, but again, I think they still felt like, you know, that visit weekend was really good. Um, last one I'll really touch on just personally is Kendall Jackson. Um, I, I, I think that there's a very real possibility, uh, that he ends up in this class. Uh, again, I, I think he's higher on the board than, than some, some might think and, uh, has that versatility where he can be a defensive tackle. He can kick out to the edge, uh, be like kind of, you know, be a, you know, kind of just an edge setter out there. Uh, so those are, those are probably the names I would, I would most highlight, you know, just kind of coming out of. Uh, the summer right now and the feeling is like lj mccray is gonna go the distance correct yeah, lj McGray, lj mccray could just this thing can just kind of go on for a little bit longer uh just kind of see where that thing goes kind of watching georgia there I, I think georgia could be in a really good spot okay and uh how about the portal for this position group because i think i mean let's see how it goes with miami landing some of these elite targets uh, if they land enough of these elite targets I think you just, you roll with them, you take your lumps, you know, as true freshmen, not ideal, but that's why you brought them in to, to come in and play right away. If Miami doesn't, you know, land enough of these elite targets, I think you're still going to have to portal that position. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I think you probably, I think you have to portal defensive tackle. Um, I think regardless, and I think these young guys are going to play to your point. Like I think Ruben Bain's going to play. Uh, whether that be off the edge or on the inside. I think Joshua Horton is going to play as a true freshman. I think, I think that's the hope right now. Let's see how Ahmad Moten kind of comes around. There's some, you know, people feel like he's had a really good spring and, and you know, going into the summer, all that stuff that he's that he's kind of coming around. So let's see how he looks. Um, I think, I mean, I think once we kind of know what those three are or what they're kind of becoming, I think it'll be easier to kind of tell. Uh, especially depending on what this kind of class looks like. But I would probably, I mean, I would imagine they're still going to hit defensive tackle in the portal just because of how much of a need it is. If a grad transfer defensive tackle that they like at the portal right now, I think they would go after him. So I just think that there's a great need there. Uh, they want numbers. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think regardless of how this shakes out, unless it's just like extremely like total grand slam where like you're getting three or four of these like top dudes, um, I, I think they would probably still go to the portal. Linebacker. Um, they have Cam Pruitt committed out of uh, Alabama, kind of an athletic safety-ish body type, hybrid body type, I think is probably the best way to put it. And then Vincent Shavers, local guy, now at Miami Central. And uh, I think they would like to add a talented middle linebacker along with those guys. You have... Uh, in terms of guys that visited at some point in June, whether it's official or unofficial, Chris Cole out of the state of Virginia, Keyshawn Flowers out of Maryland, James Nesta out of North Carolina, 
and a Darius Hayes Florida commit uh, took an unofficial visit to Miami at one point in the month of June. Which one of these potential middle linebacker type of guys do you feel like Miami has the best shot with? Right now, I would probably say it's Chris Cole. Uh, he's, I think outside of Darius Hayes, I think he's a top, he's a top ranked guy of the group. Um, you know, Chris Cole is someone that they love. Uh, he's nephews with Rohan Marley. Rohan Marley was like around on this past official visit weekend. I think Miami feels like they absolutely knocked it out of the park. Like, you know, that they, they did enough to show Chris Cole, you know, what to do, you know, just that this is the place for him. Georgia's a school that's really in there. Uh, so, I mean, I think you got to watch out for, you know, the, the back-to-back national champs for sure. But I, I think Miami is like in, in a very comfortable spot in a really good spot with Chris Cole coming out of the weekend. Uh, Keyshawn Flowers starting to get some Maryland uh, crystal balls. Uh, I think Miami wanted to kind of see this linebacker situation through, weren't necessarily prepared to go that direction um, at the time, you know, of when he visited. So I think they kind of hit the pause button there. Um, and James Nesta, of course, committed to Oklahoma. So he's kind of off the board of Darius Hayes. I still think they're going to chase a Darius Hayes. Like, yeah, and we'll, we'll see where they this thing have. goes. But they, I mean, he, I know he tweeted out that he locked down, shut down his recruitment, all that fun stuff. Whatever. David, what, what, David, what'd you yeah, tell yeah, me about yeah. that one? Yeah. Like, I know you had a, a good example. Did it Josh Job. Josh Job, I think, did that twice, if I remember. Anyways, it, it happens every cycle. Yeah. But yeah, that's not going to stop any school from recruiting right. you. And I don't think he's going to, I don't think a Darius Hayes is not going to go on visits either. Like, that's just my personal right. feel. But whatever. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But yeah, I think Chris Cole and Darius Hayes are the two names that linebacker that uh, I think Miami fans need to kind of like zero in on. Chris Cole being the maybe most re- more more the more realistic option. Um, but yeah, I, I think Miami feels like they crushed the visit and they did just that like, he loves it here. So that's great news. Cornerback, uh, Miami has uh, Dylan Day committed, Ryan Mack recently committed. Uh, both of those guys, I would say, are, are kind of nickels. They're different types of nickels, but is that fair to say? One's a big yeah. nickel. One's kind of a traditional. Yeah, yeah I guess they're, they're they're both nickels. Both nickels for sure. They're trending positively for OJ Federique out of St. Thomas Aquinas. He's currently committed to West Virginia. And then, to me, the question, Gabby, is can well. They are, they're also in a battle with Florida State, it appears, for Ricky Knight. It yep. seems like maybe FSU might have a slight edge, but let's see if Miami can make that one interesting. And then to me, it comes down to can Miami land a top-ranked guy, whether that's Jalen Hayward, Georgia commit, Ellis Robinson, another Georgia commit, or Sion Laole, uh, the top JUCO corner prospect in the country. Um, how do you view this group? Because I'll admit, I'm a little frustrated right now with with cornerback talent acquisition for a few years. Um, I don't know, some reachy. There's some reachy vibes to me if I'm being a straight shooter, which again, I don't. Un- I'm not a fan of that in this transfer portal era. And Miami has hammered the transfer portal with cornerback recruiting uh, here the last couple cycles. Um which to me makes it even more of a head-scratching situation. Why are you reaching? Anyways, how do you view this cornerback recruiting board? Yeah, it's it's very interesting for you know a lot of the reasons that you said. I mean, the two that you have committed right now, 
I mean, it is what it kind of is. It is what it is. Hopefully those guys, you know, developmental kind of, guys. Yeah, so. developmental guys. We'll see what it kind of looks like later down the line. OJ Frederick, I mean, kind of like Jacory Barney type of situation, camp eval. They like him, you know, feel like they don't want him to get away. You know, I think there's a very good chance that he lands in Miami's class. Uh, so, again, it just kind of depends what, how you feel about that. Just general evaluation and just yeah, situation. Yeah, he's a developmental guy. I mean, yeah. you know. Um, and then really just I, I agree that I think you have to get one of these top guys. And let's say maybe you win. I think you kind of I think let's say if you win in the fall, maybe that kind of opens up the door to kind of start getting involved in some other maybe recruitments, you know, later down the line. But I think this summer um, a couple situations that, you know, I think are kind of blurry. Like the Jalen Hayward situation to me is very blurry now. Uh, Ellis Robinson, we kind of know what it is. It's just like all, kind of similar to Jeremiah Smith and some other guys. Like the only way you're going to give yourself a shot is if you win at a high level. Um, so that right. kind of, we, it's kind of hard to say where that even goes until the fall. And we start seeing where the, like what direction this thing's going in. And Sione Laule, I mean, that is someone that they felt really good about coming out of that official visit weekend. I mean, got, we got to Oregon, got to USC, saw Penn State before Miami. So uh, Miami has great connections there. Sign someone out of that school, you know, someone that's friends with Laule. I do think of those three, maybe that's the one that I see that's most likely. And if that is the case, yeah, you add him, but he's just a two-year guy. So it's not like you're getting the same thing out of like, you know, the whole group or where you're stacking a whole class full of talent. Like, um, so it's interesting. I, I mean, this corner, the corner, the cornerback stuff is, is pretty, uh, it's pretty mesmerizing to me. And uh, we'll kind of see where this all falls. Like, uh, I, I, I'm with you where it just, it, it just doesn't feel like, um, you know, it is where it's sort of, sort where it sort of should be. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of the best way to put it, I guess. And again, it's kind of trending to be a portal position to me. Would you push mm -hmm. back on that? No, I mean, what? I mean, I think in total they took five. I mean, one of them left after they transferred here right. to Terry Roberts. They took five cornerbacks. I mean, I think that says a lot about just the overall. I mean, what you said, I mean, the past few cycles, it just hasn't been, it hasn't been good enough. And I think they, I don't think they feel like it was good enough. And that's why they went out and got corner, all the corners that they went and got. Um, so I, I could definitely see this being a portal position until they kind of recruit it. And look, Tamari Brown, I mean, I think is, has good. a chance to be very good. good you know, I, I'm yeah. not yeah. saying that they haven't added, brought in good players. It's just total overall uh, deal. Right. Uh, it hasn't been where it is. And I think Robert Stafford has a chance too. So uh, this new staff, I feel like has done good enough. And they really do believe that, you know, Phil and Day and uh, an OJ Frederic, those guys are, are good enough to potentially play here one day. Um, so I guess got to kind of got to see how that stuff plays out. Uh, but it's weird, weird room for sure. And I, I do think it's, you know, open to the transfer portal again. Because you're going to lose a couple of those guys. I mean, a couple of those guys you got are just one year guys, Devontae Brown, Jaden Davis. I mean, those are one year guys. So um, after that, it's going to be kind of who's up next yeah, yeah. and what's available. Right. Um, safety. Miami has Isaiah Thomas committed. I like the idea of him. Um, yeah, me too. Big physical safety uh, with some athleticism. And then I think you got Xavier Mincy, who visited um, in the month of June. Red Morgan visited in the month of June. And then Zaquan Patterson is a top target. The safety out of Shamanan Madonna Prep. 
Um, I think this is kind of like a sneaky, important position mm -hmm. for this cycle. You got Cam Kitchens and James Williams entering their third seasons. Will they be good enough to leave for the NFL draft after this year? I think that remains to be seen, but I think it's on the table. Um, and then in terms of like what's behind them, I don't know if there's like a clear cut. Oh, this, this guy is going to be the guy when those, when James and Cam leave. So I think it's important to land a guy that can potentially come in and eat some big snaps right away. So how do you view the safety board right now? Yeah, I, I think there's, I mean, plenty of talent right now. Uh, I, I like the names on the board. Uh, Red Morgan, uh, I, I think he has fun tape. You know, if you just kind of, if you kind of put it on, uh, plays good level Alabama football. Saquon Patterson, we know what he is, uh, you know, kind of an in the, in the box safety. I think he's a big time athlete. Love what he did at wide receiver, you know, over the court on the seven yeah. on seven circuit. You know, I think it shows his kind of high level athleticism and playmaking ability which is awesome. And I, I think Miami's, you know, very much in that one. Um, you know, again, Mincy, maybe I, I know I said on Monday, I think maybe more of a star, uh, you know, so sure. someone that can maybe play, play a little bit closer to, to the line of scrimmage. Um, but red Morgan and Saquon Patterson are, are, you know, I don't know if one a and one B is the way to put it, but I mean, two safeties that they absolutely love and covet. So I think they're going to chase both those guys. And I think, uh, you know, they feel like they made a move with red Morgan uh, this past weekend and Zaquan Patterson is uh, again, I, I don't even, I think he took an official visit to Michigan this past weekend. It might've been his only one of the summer, not even certain that was an official visit. I would probably have to go like check that out. Um, but I, I think Miami feels good just about that situation, just in general. Um, they've gotten him around the, the, the school multiple times unofficially. And every time I get good feedback, just about how that went and how he's kind of kicking it with the staff and, you know, just kind of enjoying his time. So, uh, I, I think this is like you said, this is a, this is a very important position. Um, I, I think this is a potential transfer portal position too. I mean, and we keep kind of having right. to, to result to that, but I, I think that this is, especially if cam goes pro and if James has kind of a resurgent year, uh, I could definitely see them kind of have to go and try to find someone. And again, I think if both those guys do go pro and you're in that situation, I think it's going to attract probably, you know, a really talented dude because you have just, I mean, you could just say, Hey, both of our safeties just got drafted. Like you want, like you want to play in the NFL or what? And I think that that could make Miami a, a definitely a, a good market for uh, a safety, especially with cam, you know, his name up in the rafters and all that, all that good stuff. So I could see it being a very attractive situation for the hurricanes in the portal. So big picture next six months of, recruiting on this defensive side. I know for me, Gabby, I'm, I'm very interested in this month of July. And I think you got to land one or two big dogs, whoever it is, you got to land some momentum type elite targets uh, to kind of get things going, jumpstart this class on the defensive side of the ball. And I think, you know, if I had to have my pick of the litter, it would be, maybe a Dylan Stewart, maybe a David Stone, right? You land those two type of guys. Miami's class would jump into easily the top 15 and start pushing for a top 10 class. Um, that's what I, I'm interested in time to close in the month of July. You, you invested all these resources in June to build out the best defensive line class in the country. 
I think that potential is still there. And I think now it's, you know, July is upon us. It's time to close. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's what this is about. Uh, again, that's, that that's from them, you know, best defensive line class in the country. You know, it's not something I made up or anyone made up. That's the goal. Right. So I think this July is about closing in on some of those guys and getting that, getting that front four, you know, really solidified, whether that be a Justin Scott, who I think they have a really good shot with even an Artavius Jones, who I think is a really big time athlete. Like I think closing on someone like that would be a huge, sure. huge win for, for Miami. And then, you know, the pass rushers, even, you know, the Dylan Stewart, the ed, you know, as an edge and Marquise Lightfoot. Like, I think if you're able to, you know, if you're somehow able to combine Justin Scott, Artavius Jones, Dylan Stewart, and a Marquise Lightfoot, like that is, I, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that. that, I don't think that's unrealistic either is my point. Like, you know, I don't think that's just totally like out of bounds to say like, you know, these guys, I mean, these guys are all very much in play. So I think that I think this July is going to be huge. And I, I think that's really just, uh, you know, my just kind of feel going into this next uh, this next season of, of, on the calendar. All right. So final thoughts, um, you know, again, about six months left here till the early signing period, which is when vast of the, you know, the vast majority of the recruits sign. And um, so. I don't know where you want to take this. Uh, Do you think Miami can land a top 10 class still? Uh, If I forced you, well, let's answer that first still. Can Miami land a top 10 class? Yeah, I think top 10 classes is, uh, I I think it's very much in play. I think when you start pushing the top five, the top five class, um, I'm still, I'm still, you know. Yeah, let's see. Let's see. Yeah, I'm still very, I, I think let's talk after the Texas A&M game or something like that. And we'll talk about talk like top five class. I think right now it's about stacking another top 10 class. Um, You know, so I, I, and I think, yes, I think that that's very possible. Let's say you get a couple of these guys. I mean, you got Dylan Stewart and Justin Scott and like, you're probably signing a top 10 class, like, cause everything else around it. I mean, those guys, those two guys like elevate everything. And then let's say you mix in some of the dudes that, you know, you're going to probably, I mean, you're going to get some, some top ranked guys. I think top 10 classes, is is I'm not gonna say it's a lock, but I, I think I, I would be pretty surprised if Miami didn't end up signing a top ten class. If I forced you to pick the five stars UM can realistically close on, who would you highlight? And again, this I wouldn't interpret this as like a prediction. Gabby's yeah. predicting Miami to land, but like Miami's like really good shot at landing these guys. And and let's go composite five stars. Um, who would you highlight? Yeah, uh, I think Ryan Wingo is 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 one. Um, you know the five the five star wide receiver. I think he's I think he's in play. And again, I think Miami just feels good about that. I think JoJo Trader is a composite five star, right? So he I is. think he's yeah. someone he's someone I can throw in there. I think they have a really good shot at, at Josiah Trader. Uh, definitely Dylan Stewart. Um, he's someone I would put in that group. Um, Justin Scott. I think is probably um, the the last one, and then maybe like bottom of my list, like we'll see is is David Stone, who I'm guessing is a composite five. I don't have the list right in front of me. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, you know, I think David Stone is another one that I think is like you know this is this is possible. So again, not saying Miami's gonna land all these five stars. Don't do that. Um, I, I I I just think these are the five stars that they realistically do have uh, a lot of traction with. Where you know wouldn't shock me if they ended up signing on on the dotted line with Kings. All right, so we will see how they do with uh, closing out this class. Uh, I, I think this was a 
nice little exercise here, State of the Union mid-cycle. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how things close here in the month of July. And um, just programming note here at the end, I am going on a vacation here for maybe 10 days or so. Going to hit Alaska, Alaska cruise. So the podcast feed might be a little quiet uh, for this for this immediate future. Um, but again, now's the time to take vacations and uh, we will see how things look when I get back. No big time announcements expected, at least for now, while I'm gone. So we'll see if that holds true. Uh, but anyways, appreciate everyone for listening. And uh, thank you again to all of our sponsors. And until next time, take care. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.